It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free top of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 927 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, April the 15th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. And of course, please make sure to subscribe to, rate, review, follow, whatever your podcast app of choice says to do to podcast. Do it! For Lockdown Raptors, it's very appreciated when you show your support, and it's entirely free to do, and it takes like three seconds, so thanks in advance for taking the time. If you have already done it, I'm forever indebted to you, and uh, thanks again. All right, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Locker Room, who are changing the way we talk about sports. Download the app and join me today, 5 o'clock, with Big V, Vivek Jacob, as we're going to take your questions in a Raptors-themed Locker Room. Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports. All right, on today's show, we are diving into a very fun Toronto Raptors win, 117-112 over the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night. The vibes were right. Kem Birch continues to be an absolute godsend for all of his competent center minutes. Malachi Flynn having some good times out there running the offense. OG Ananobi with a nice one. Utah, Freddie Gillespie, Gary Trent Jr.'s fit. It's all looking pretty good right now for the Raptors as they kind of move into, I think, a different phase of this season. And I'm kind of relishing that phase. And uh, we'll get all into it with today's guest, who is one of our favorites. Writes for, of course, Basketball Feelings and uh, Dime and uh, co-hosts uh, Basketball with me, Katie Heindel. What's going on? Hi, Betty. Not much. Just sipping on my coffee, thinking about uh, what a nice game that was last night. It really was a nice game. And, <laughs> it, it, you know, <laughs> I kind of alluded there 
that I think they've kind of moved into this sort of new phase. And I, I that's kind of my biggest takeaway from this one is this one really felt like the page has been turned. The team doesn't really seem all that bothered about what happens when it comes to the playoff chase. And ultimately, that sort of uh, losing of inhibitions might end up with them in the playoff chase again. But, you know, that's kind of a good thing. They, they clearly are leaning into development. Nick Nurse said before the game that development's the number one priority. You know, Malachi Flynn, as the only available point guard in this game, plays 32 minutes. I thought he'd play like 44, but he was still <laughs> quite good, uh, you know, doing the thing where he runs the offense and sets people up and uh, gets steals, and he continues to impress. Uh, and it just, yeah, it feels like they're no longer burdened by all the shit that's gone on this season, and they just kind of seem like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. We'll do some development. If we get out of here early and get to leave Tampa Bay forever, uh, you know, a couple months before we'd like to, then that's fine. And if we make the playoffs, hey, that's fun. It'll be a cool little experience for the play-in game. Uh, Katie, am I crazy? Did you sort of sense a change in the tenor and tone of the team last night as well? Um, Maybe, but for different reasons than you. Because I do think okay. when you've got all these new guys coming in, you can't look at it like a doom and gloom scenario. Because like what, mm-hmm. what kind of, you know, like what kind of... I was going to say work ethic, but also just like life ethic. Are you then instilling in them that the team is all about? You know what I mean? Like you can't, I'm sure that like, I'm sure Fred and OG and Pascal and Kyle are all still just like, they don't like losing, but you have a Mm -hmm. bunch of new, mostly young guys coming in and it's like, all right, we've also got to give them kind of the best experience that we can offer and show them like what our team is. And I think to your point, maybe in focusing, switching the focus on that, it has kind of like nicely circumnavigated the doom and gloom, but then in, in the same way, kind of taking the pressure off. But then, you know, inevitably mm-hmm. that's going to improve playing um, like overall because you're not dwelling on what a miserable <laughs> season it's been so far. <laughs> you're just kind of focusing on what's like immediately at hand and like, you know, incremental changes like that add up to very big changes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think they're also certainly helped by the fact that um, they're not playing any notably terrible players anymore. (laughs) And Yeah, oh man, I don't, it's weird, I never thought I would feel (laughs) sorry for him, but like, Baines is a ghost now. Where did he go? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I've not even seen him on the bench. (laughs) No, we're never going to see him He's like hidden under the arena. They keep him in a room, buried him. Yeah. <laughs> He's in a vault in the basement of Tampa's arena. Uh, the lightning will discover him one day in 2024. Um, yeah, it, like that is, you know, <laughs> I was watching the Grizzlies last night, Katie, and they're like this team that has no bad players, all these like draft darlings that uh, people love that they get in like the late first round and the second round. And, yeah, you know, it just really he- is helpful to, mm-hmm, it's helpful to have a bunch of sweethearts who aren't bad at playing basketball. And, Last night, save for the five Stanley Johnson minutes, I would say the Raptors played the entire game without playing a bad basketball player. And as it turns out, just kind of knowing where you should stand and knowing your role and being able to execute what you need to do will have great results. (laughs) And, you know, it's not like they blew the Spurs out or anything like that. And the Spurs are kind of going through it and they've been in a bit of a a difficult slide. They've had a similar sort of... um, COVID derailment to their season that's sort of driven things down in the back half of the year for them but mm-hmm. it just it was really nice to watch 
lineups where there's not one glaring, oh, no, that guy's on the floor. Uh-oh, this is going to be... Or those two guys are on the floor. Uh-oh, this is going to be bad. And instead, it's just, you know, they're finding new combinations. They they're, they seem to have figured out the center rotation with Ken Birch and Freddie Gillespie just taking swaps and, and playing, you know, 29 minutes for Ken Gillespie with 19 if that's the center rotation for the rest of the season with maybe a little bit of small ball mixed in for crunch time and stuff like that, once they presumably get some health back in, in order, then you've kind of figured that out, which has been such, it's such a small thing, but it has really derailed a lot of this season. It's just not knowing who's playing center night to night and not being able to rely upon Chris Boucher to play center or not being able to count on OG and Siakam to play in the front court because they're so overburdened by minutes and responsibility and also injury and COVID. It's just, it's really nice to have those steady dudes who will grab rebounds, grab offensive rebounds, stop the other team from grabbing offensive rebounds. It's a tiny little thing, but uh, apparently it's enormous and it kind of I mean, makes I would you wonder. argue, pun intended, <laughs> it's a big mm. thing. Yes, you're... <laughs> But it also is a big thing because like oh, totally, yeah. you can't you can retrospectively look back now and be like holy shit like the loss of Mark and and Serge. I want to also point out who said this would be very bad for the Raptors. <laughs> Me, I did all along. But it became just like this thorn in the side of the team all season long. Mm-hmm. Aside from all the other thorns of like the pandemic thorn and like being stuck in Tampa thorn and injury thorn. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the original thorn of just like not having a usable <laughs> player to play in that position because it frees up so much like Chris Boucher and just like OG, like a lot of guys that were getting kind of stuck and plugged in there just because of mm-hmm. their physicality and relative size. Like they're like not even huge, but just like, oh, you're big enough that this could possibly work. Now all that mm-hmm. is alleviated and they're free to shoot and run around and just like function as they want to and do best on, on the team. Your point stands. Uh, I will sort of push back a little, though, and no. say the fact, no, 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 the fact that Kem and Freddie Gillespie have come in and looked so competent and have kind of stabilized things so quickly here does kind of lend credence to the point I had that, you know, losing Gasol and Ibaka, while bad, you could fill in that production with a reasonable center, and... Aaron Baines just wasn't that. I don't, And I think when he was signed, it was totally fair to think, oh, yeah, he can do what Kem Birch has done in, in the first two games here, the first three games. And he just totally undershot every expectation, except for yours, because uh, you were on how much you hated that signing to begin with. So congrats to you, Katie. Um, but, like, this is exactly what I was talking about in that it can be just a mercenary position where, yeah, you lose a lot with Gasol and, and Ibaka. And I think... Even more so, you lost in the vibes off the court with those guys. But if you did find reasonable, capable bigs who don't do anything flashy, but can just, you know, do the things that standard bigs are supposed to do, you can get by. And look, they're getting but by now. And it's only a couple back games. On that but argument and argue that listen to yourself <laughs> because the expectation now is passable, like usable and passable, which are words that we did not equate with that position in previous seasons you know what i mean like it's different to have oh sure to have like a very skilled defensive like almost playmaker and like personality there and available to you who's gonna 
like round at the team in a really different way and things kind of flow through them than having like a mm-hmm. passable. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for the passability at this point. <laughs> I'm like desperate for it. But it, it it's interesting yeah. when you think of just like, oh, our expectations have fully changed. <laughs> well, and, and look, I think it's also worth noting that I, I'm not saying you start next season with Ken Birch as your starting center. I think he's a perfect backup to have. And you go into the season with him and Freddie Gillespie as your number two and three centers, and you're you're cooking with fire. They still need to find a a, a, a more than passable starting center, <clears throat> Miles Turner. But you know, it's they're in a better place now. And I I was talking about this yesterday when we did the podcast with Josh Hart, and I was kind of thinking about this last night going through my my notes app where I have the depth chart for next season kind of plotted out because uh, I'm lame and it just it's a much more fun dock to go to because uh, it, it, it there's just there's dudes who kind of fit in and now you can see the pieces falling into place and you know they get their first round pick to throw into the mix and potentially some sort of addition and you're looking at a team that doesn't have bad players in a lot of ways and that's very very exciting um Speaking of not having bad players, the Raptors, I think, have kind of worked towards the idea of not having bad players through their development. And I do want to dive into some fun developmental instances uh, and sort of trends that are going on right now that we saw kind of come to bear last night against the Spurs. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you all about our friends over at rockauto.com who are saving you money on car parts the way the the mechanic does not want you to save money on car parts. They're going to try to charge you the full price, whereas you can save up to 30, 50, 100% off of the exact same parts when you go to rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, They've got everything you need from the important stuff for your engine, transmission, whatever it might be, or the aesthetic things like carpets, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is so easy to navigate. I'm a big dumb dummy and I can find the car parts I need, even though I know nothing about cars in like two seconds flat. You just type in your year, make, model, and the parts that you need, and they will send you all sorts of different options with different brand specifications and prices. And the prices are always reliably low at rockauto.com and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com hey guys it's walker mail host of the locked on hornets podcast and being around sports media and a fan of the hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience what if the seahawks let marshawn run on the one yard line with the super bowl on the line Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
All right, just a heads up programming note. On Friday, I'm taking the day to kind of unplug, and uh, with no game recap, I will be not posting a podcast tomorrow, but we'll be back again on Monday with a full week of shows and uh, potentially some fun guests next week. So keep an eye out there, as I think the schedule kind of lightens up and it's not game recap time for every single episode, which will be nice. Um so let's dive in here, Katie. I mentioned before the break uh, development and things that were exciting to me from this Spurs game. I want to talk about OG Ananobi, who in this game had 22 points, four boards, three assists, two steals, seven of 14 shooting, four of seven from three, perfect from the line on four attempts. It was just a really nice OG game. And I think the real standout thing is they are just saying, all right, OG, we don't have any point guards available. You go ahead and you run some pick and roll and you... Trying to create off the bounce a little bit. It's looking pretty good. I, I got to say, you know, obviously there are some hiccups here and there. We've seen it in the last few games. His efficiency kind of going a little bit down. But for the most part, he's gaining comfortability. He's finding chemistry with his pick and roll partners. He, I believe, set up Kem Birch for a, a nice little pick and roll finish in this game. And he just really seems to be kind of getting a little bit more comfortable with the ball in his hands in a more predominant role. Which, of anything to take from the rest of this season, I might argue that OG kind of spreading his wings as a guy with the ball in his hands is maybe the most important for what the team can be going forward from here. Would you agree, Katie? And how are you enjoying the OG Ananobi ball handling experience? Well, I also know um, he's feeling good and he's back because he's got jokes again and he has like yep. a person to play. <laughs> He's got a person to play off of, which is like how we actually know he has jokes. Otherwise, we would never know. Um, so I was happy uh, to see his post-game on-air comments um, <laughs> about being copied yeah. once again. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, like I, this is something we've talked about before. I have always kind of mourned the season that OG didn't get to have about two seasons ago, I guess, when he yeah. had a terrible personal season um, and was really going through it with injury as well. And he didn't get the kind of runway that Fred, <clears throat> excuse me, and Siakam got. And then likewise, um, oh yeah, two seasons ago, the championship run. Jesus, my brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he lost his job to Kawhi. Yeah, he lost his job to Kawhi. He didn't get the experience of like that very, not just like the title run, but I think the long stretch, the long and torturous stretch of the playoffs entirely. Um, and I think that just like helped to develop and carve out the roles and game um, of his counterparts, you know, and he didn't get that stretch in the same way. And I have always been kind of waiting for him to just like, hit his stride and he didn't get last season because of the bubble though he was incredible in the bubble there was like a stop in the season as well so it sucks that it's in this season which is also mm -hmm. not smooth sailing but i do agree with you that i think it's probably one of the most important things um like the probably the most important development story for the team yeah, it's either that or Malachi Flynn becoming like a surefire rotation guy next season, which is gonna. I think, but I mean, Flynn. I think I look at it as like Kyle and Fred. Flynn's got years still. Yeah, like Flynn. Flynn has time. Like he's got plenty of time to figure that out. And OG, sure. yeah, um, is kind of like owed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's gonna be. You know, he's gonna be paid as a, a higher level guy on the roster as of next season as well, and. I feel like any 
extra creation you can throw into this mix is just going to help alleviate things for Pascal a little bit too and make it so he's carrying less of a burden. If Instead of him having to drive, I think it's something crazy right now. It's like he's driving like 25 times a game the last like last month or whatever it is. Like if, if you can trim that down and force him to, you know, and it's not to say that you don't want Pascal running possessions because he does run possessions quite well and things usually tend to go quite nicely when he is creating for the team. But any extra alleviation on that burden for Pascal, I think, is going to be super helpful. And and look, we don't know what they're going to get in the draft or in free agency. Maybe they bring in some sort of ball handling threat to sort of alleviate that as well. But if you have, in theory, a lineup where you've got, you know, Gary Trent showing a little bit of juice with the ball in his hands, OG now kind of spreading his wings a little bit, getting comfortable with that. Obviously, you know, Fred, if Kyle's back, Malachi Flynn, you go from... This was a team that started the season with maybe three guys who could run a possession and kind of uh, you could trust to sort of execute the offense. If you can get that up to five or six, that just it makes everything easier. It makes those in-between lineups where you have starters on the bench a lot easier to get by with. It's just a really valuable thing to have. Creation is like the most important thing in basketball, basically. And for the Raptors to be sort of massaging those skills for OG and just allowing him to kind of take his lumps and make some mistakes here and there, but also show those really tantalizing flashes. It is kind of the perfect way to close out this season. And if the Raptors go on and make the postseason, which they are only a game back of the Bulls as the Bulls keep on losing the loss of the Magic last night, if they pass the Bulls and get into the play-in, whatever happens there, maybe they move up to the eighth seed and and it's great and you get a first-round series, maybe they lose and they, they can't quite move up, but whatever happens there, if they get there through what they did last night, which is leaning into development, you know, counting on Flynn and OG and Siakam and, you know, not playing Fred and Kyle when they're back 40 minutes each, I think ultimately that's a win and any lottery balls you lose out on, which would be all of them if they make the playoffs proper, you know, that's totally worth it to me to see those guys kind of flourish and succeed kind of ahead of the curve, honestly, and get them into the postseason. The last six, like if they do, that'll mean the last 16 games were super fun to watch and they went on a nice little run here. And it's, it's a nice place to be Katie. I, I, I've lost all caring of where things end up. I'm just kind of worried about the how things end up wherever they do. Are you kind of in the same boat? Yeah, I kind of gave up. I've given up expectations for a little while now, mostly because I still feel like there's no point or purpose to busting your back to get to that play-in spot if you're not going to have a a deep run, Uh, especially when you look at just like how hurt and like – how much stuff this team has gone through this season any team too like i get Mm -hmm. this isn't just for the raptors i feel like there's only about six teams like total in the in the league set to kind of thrive in the playoffs just by virtue of the depth that they currently have of which could go sideways Mm -hmm. at any point um to your point about the like not having a draft picked if if they do make the playoffs obviously that is upsetting to some people but i also think there is some there's some virtues to that because what you're essentially doing with like these new pickups, if you keep, if you keep all of them or any of them is you're now testing, you know, you're testing them in real time in a way that you wouldn't necessarily get with a draft pick. Like the draft is like, even in a draft as like, you know, hallowed as this one is, is purported to be like, 
it's still very untested and you're still kind of staking mm-hmm. your your franchise future on a pick um, and a lot of pressure on those like young players. So I think this is the way the Raptors have always sort of um, positioned themselves and gotten a lot better by virtue of just development. So I kind of like this as a move. Um, and if we can get a couple more, I say a couple more, man, our expectations have really changed. Um, if we can get more <laughs> games like last night, where everyone's just kind of playing free and loose and like a bit experimentally and like allowed to do that and has the room to do that. And then we see the fantastic results of it. I'm for that. Like that seems to me like a silver lining to what has been a pretty bleak season. Yeah, like I'm, I'm totally with you. They shouldn't bust their asses to get there. The the payoff is not worth it. And you know, if Kyle and Fred come back and Nick Nurse is playing them 41 minutes each, I'm going to have a problem with that. I think that will be a bad idea. But yeah, if they get there through the same process that they did last night, sure, that's fun. That's like ultimately a win that your development has, you know, had had results this early, and it's something to build upon. And you're still gonna get like somewhere between the 15th and 18th pick, probably, which is still a good place to be picking in this draft. There are lots of good players available, and they'll sort it out. And you know, the, this team has the pieces to be good next year regardless and you know assuming normal circumstances which maybe it's a lot to assume normal circumstances in Ontario but uh <laughs> it's uh you know that's i think probably the right philosophy going towards the end of the season speaking of more development Katie i got two guys i want to ask you about on the other side Freddie Gillespie and Yuta Watanabe we'll get to them in just one second and their progression and their futures with the team but first I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action football might be over but the NBA college basketball and NHL are in full swing betonline even covers award shows like the Oscars they're coming up put your money down on the Oscars I don't even know who's up for best picture because no movies came out this year but still go Nomadland there you go Uh, real time (laughs) updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up just head over to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts and don't forget to use the promo code locked on to get that 50 percent welcome bonus this is jake from locked on locked on has teamed up with state farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in nba history After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
All right, Katie, let's round this thing out. Uh, I want to talk about Freddie Gillespie and Yuta Watanabe because they both played prominent roles last night. Nine points, eight boards for Gillespie, 11 points, four boards for Yuta Watanabe, who's becoming emboldened, Katie, to fire away from three, and he's doing so to excellent results. Uh, let's start with Yuta. He's been kind of up and down this season in terms of his role within the team. His offensive limitations have kind of been the limiting factor, I think. He is obviously a very good defender. He's a very smart defender. He knows exactly where to be. I feel like, you know, if you're thinking about guys who can fit into the Raptors' hyper-aggressive defensive scheme, Yuta Watanabe absolutely can be one of those guys. He's smart. He is excellent at stepping up into the right place, uh, bringing help defense where it needs to come. He's great. Uh, Love Yuta. The offense, again, has been an issue, but the last few games here, he's kind of... I think throwing away any inhibitions, uh, kind of like the Raptors are as as a whole, and just fire it away. He had five attempts from three last night, hit three of them. Um, he's been on a nice little run here recently, where I think he's got like 50 points or something. He's averaging close to 10 points in the last 10 games, uh, or last five games that is, and he is just looking more comfortable as a guy who's not just a vehicle for passing the ball along in the offense, but can actually be a guy to finish and. That's important. He's still on a two-way. We're still unsure what the future of him is, but have you seen enough with Utah to be convinced that he should be part of this team next season, Katie? Yeah, I really like him. Um, I think that that defensive stretch that he had last night, that sequence where he, like, who was he on? Patty? Um, Patty Mills, I think? Yeah, it might have been Patty. It might have been Derek White. I don't know. The, the... I think it was Patty yeah. Mills um, toward the end, and it was just, like, such a bright flash of like jarring my memory back to like oh this is actual classic Raptors (laughs) defense you know what I mean and we haven't seen that really much this season um but just like going like going well one going crazy and then also just like going the extra mile you know and just like being there being stuck and like being in everyone's face um I liked it he's got the length to do that you know he's super athletic he's able to do that and to like bounce back get the get like the fumbled ball and like run it back down the court like I loved that I would love to see more of that I think with him as you mentioned it's like I wouldn't blame him for this that he hasn't necessarily found his offensive role just because things have been shuffled around so much and it hasn't been clear necessarily what anyone especially on the bench's offensive role has to be uh Mm -hmm. this season so I think with some continuity (laughs) again like he'd do very well um, it's also just like, it's tough. You've got guys in and out with injuries and COVID and you're kind of asked to step in and fill in where you have to. I think it's like an extremely, uh, essential learning tool and it's going to make his game all the much like better and well-rounded in the long run. But for like the interim for what they need him, I think it, it would just help probably for him to have some clarity and consistency. Um, but I, I really like him. Like, I think he's just like, he just showed up from day one, ready to work and figure it out. Yeah, totally. Um, the thing, too, is you, there's like a very clear mold of player that he looks like he could be. I mean, the defense is already there, but, you know, the three-point shooting, like there, there's a 3 and D player in there, I think, somewhere. He hasn't had the uh, the gumption to put shots up a ton this season, and he's often passing out of wide-open threes and things like that until this recent run of play. And you don't want to get too carried away with what happens in the sort of backstretch of a lost season, but... You know, in the Raptors development pipeline with uh, another offseason to kind of work on some things, there's definitely 
the sort of skeleton of a player who can really you know not be a, a negative for you offensively just because he is a, a threat to shoot shoot threes he's 39 percent from three this season which small sample he's not doing it a ton but that's something to build on and you already have that defensive floor kind of built in and the sort of wits and instincts that are really tough to teach it's just kind of natural and just part of what he brings to the table it's uh it's pretty exciting and I think he has definitely played himself into an NBA contract. I'd hope they convert him similar to what they did with Paul Watson last year, where, you know, by the end of the season, it's like, oh, yeah, no, this guy looks like he's something. We're going to give him a two-year deal and just kind of figure it out. I, I would I'd hope they do that with Watanabe. And I also hope they give a big, fat, nice two-year minimum contract or whatever it is it'll take to get Freddie Gillespie to sign because he... Looks like a player, Katie. He, you know, he's a very like interesting player, and he had some mistakes last night that were pretty, you know, pretty inexcusable. Like, you know, not boxing out on a free throw, stuff like that. He's not exactly the most mobile guy in the world, but the I, I would say the third, the second quarter on, he was just rock solid, and it's just really nice to have a center back there who maybe doesn't have the choice to jump, but he, he doesn't like leap out of his shoes at any opportunity to go try to block a shot. Like the way we've seen Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher do all season long. He's just sturdy. He knows his arms are like seven feet, 11 inches wide, and he just maintains position. He's not afraid of drivers kind of coming in on him and, you know, sort of snaking around him. He's just, no, 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 you're going to run into me and I'm going to block your shot probably. Uh, It's a really nice thing to have. He, you know, the offensive glass was a huge thing for him last night, five offensive boards last night. Are, are you amazed by just the rebounding, grabbing capabilities, Katie? They said, I think, a season high for rebounds last night, uh, just but because they have two centers on the roster now who, who can play. It's uh, it's really nice. And Freddie Gillespie, you know, it's only been, what is it, eight days since he signed his, his 10-day contract, and his 10-day is coming up pretty soon here. I would imagine he'll get at least another 10-day. It, it, it's He's looking like a piece, Katie. Are, are you on the Freddie Gillespie train? Yeah, and as someone who's been like harping on rebounds all season long, <laughs> it is very, it is very soothing to see it. Um, I also think like this is another case where like Ita, like it's he when you say he's not boxing out after a free throw or other kind of like obvious things he needs to do. I think a lot of that is just getting back into game rhythm sure. and like at this speed, you know, and at like at this kind of tier. So I'm not really that worried about that. Um. And it, for that reason alone is why I hope they extend him. Yeah, he's been wonderful. We should talk about his post game, which was just yes, like please the do. most endearing, <laughs> the most endearing thing where he was just kind of voguing and moving around, and then he was asked JQ if he was on, and she was like, <laughs> "Yeah, he's been on." Um, and he was like, "Oh," and he was like, "I'm mirrored." This is so weird. I mirrored. And then when he said, I also like him because, as you said, like with his physicality and size, he doesn't, he's really un, unruffleable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said so kind of in his post game when he was asked if he minded getting dunked on. And he's like, I didn't mind getting dunked on. I just didn't really like think it was an and one. And then he checked because then he was like, oh, does that count as bad? bad nothing the refs he like asked again to jq off camera and she's like no i mean obviously getting fined on a 10 day is not ideal but um yeah i i just i I don't know he's extremely endearing and then i saw when the raptors posted the clip of that this morning he replied on twitter and said this zoom's different than my zoom (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> which, like, I don't know. I love him. He is just like, to me, what's been so nice and probably the reason why we don't mind where the team is, is like, once again, we've got a personality team. You know, we've got a team that mm-hmm. is enjoying itself and having fun and we want to hear what they say and more than that we want to hear what they say because they just they're interested again you know they're interested they're engaged Mm -hmm. they're like they're just happy which has been such a thing that's been missing all season does any part of you feel bad that aaron baines and his removal from the rotation seems to coincide exactly with the team liking playing basketball again it's, I mean, it's been pile on Bane season all year long, but it's like pretty stark. <laughs> like, oh, he's out of the lineup. No one's getting mad at missed defensive rotations anymore and getting sad when he puts up threes with his foot on the line. It, I, I feel bad for the guy. I don't think we're going to see him again this season. He may not play another NBA game, frankly, but it's you can't not note that uh, the shift in tenor kind of happened exactly when he was relegated to the bench. I feel a little bit bad. I mean, I would feel worse if he didn't kind of like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they also just stopped giving him avails, but like there's a certain ownership that I think was lacking and you could see him even when he played, he would just kind of like almost the equivalent of like rolling his eyes or like shrugging his shoulders, Mm. like every kind of botched move and it's like dude like you can't this team though they don't didn't look like it this much this season it's not the kind of caliber of team where you can't have accountability um Mm -hmm. and i don't know maybe it's just like a pure misfit like sometimes that happens it's just a weird thing to happen and again like i've said this so many times i feel like i could have it on a bumper sticker but like he for a mercenary style player that's played on as many style of teams he was so inflexible and unable to Mm -hmm. just like shift into things that's just like to me the weirdest thing that happened but i don't know maybe maybe it was just a misfit yeah totally um i feel like that's a good place to leave it oh one last note uh shout out to paul watson jr coming back after a long layoff oh man uh so happy for him yeah yeah like really sucked that his first real run of consistent nba play was derailed by covid and the protocols mm-hmm. and i it was quite a while he was at 11 games longer than the rest of the guys missed uh, last month and hopefully he's doing well and is not uh you know suffering any sort of side effects or lingering side effects or uh, we don't even know for sure if he had it but i think you can kind of assume considering how long he was out um but yeah it was lovely to see him back shout out to kelsey o'brien uh very glad to see paul watson back and i made the point last night if you're talking, you know, 11 through 14 on a roster, Gillespie, Watanabe, Watson, DeAndre Bembry, you could do a lot worse in terms of next season and sort of building your depth. You know, you don't want those guys being your 7 through 10 guys, which is kind of what's been the case most of this season. But, you know, that as your back part of your roster, you're uh, you're doing something right, I think. And it's not hard to envision the roster construction coming together as such that that's exactly how things take place. Like, I think the Raptors probably already have 14 of the guys that should be on the team next year already in in place, which is very nice and cool. Um, All right, Katie, we'll leave it there. 
Uh, we're going to skip the tankathon some of the day today because we're not doing it after wins. Wins are nice, and uh, we don't need to wallow in tank stuff and lottery balls. Uh, so we'll do that again after the next time the Raptors lose, which may be never now that they are having fun again. Maybe they go 16-0 and to close the season and uh, finish above 500 once again and make us all very happy. Who's to say, really, Katie? This season makes no sense. That seems just as likely as them losing every game from here on out as well. Um, so, Katie, before we go, anything you want to plug? Um, I just, you know, I'll plug it again just because unfortunately we're seeing this like compounded a lot these last couple of weeks, but the contact tracing series I wrote for Dime, um, specifically the piece on soft tissue injuries and just the way that this season is impacting mm. those, uh, in a league that's already seen that increase year over year for like the last 10 years. Um, you can find those on Dime or you can go to my Twitter profile at whatevs and they're pinned right at the top. Excellent. Uh, wonderful pieces on a very upsetting topic, frankly, but uh, glad that you were the one to pen them because you did them the justice they deserve. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to your rate review wherever you get your podcast. It's always appreciated. Uh, Katie and I's other podcast, uh, Basketball, has a very fun guest today. Kelly Dwyer, the uh, basketball blogging legend himself, is going to be joining us on the 50th episode of uh, Basketball here on Thursday. So please consider, uh, you know, listening to that and subscribing to that podcast and joining our Patreon feed and all that good stuff. Uh, later today, 5 o'clock Eastern Time, myself, Big V, doing a locker room chat, and we'll take your questions on your Toronto Raptors. That should be fun as well. And uh, that'll do it. We'll be back again on Monday. No episode again tomorrow. Note that programming note. Uh, we'll be back in on Monday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good weekend, everybody. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.